Hello and welcome to St. Paul's United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. I'm Pastor Mike Agnew and it's great to have you listening to our sermons this way. If you don't have a church home and you're interested in learning more about our church, you can go to our website at www.cherokeemethodist.com. You can also find us by calling 712-225-3955. We're located in Cherokee at 531 West Main Street. So today we are beginning a two-part sermon series on the sacraments of the church. We're using Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17, and Acts chapter 2, verses 38 to 41. Also, Acts chapter 16, verse 15, and Acts 16, verse 33. So when we talk about sacraments, sacraments is kind of a churchy word. I mean, it's used in a context of a church, but we don't usually use that word in any other part of life. And so if you're not in the church context or you haven't grown up in church, that might be a mystifying word. And it may be that even if you have grown up in church, that's still a mystical word. But basically, a sacrament is an outward sign of an inward grace. It's something, in other words, that we do, whether it be a ritual, and it usually involves some kind of everyday object that symbolizes something that's going on within us that's invisible, that we cannot perceive. Now, depending on the faith tradition that you're in, you may have more or less sacraments. But in the United Methodist Church, we have two sacraments, baptism and communion. And so therefore, today we're going to be talking about baptism, and then next week we're going to look at communion. Now, originally in our church worship service this Sunday, we were going to have a baptism. Uh, Unfortunately, that had to be delayed due to some health concerns, but it's still good to learn about what baptism is. Because like any sacrament, it's confusing. It's mystifying because it symbolizes a mystery. So you kind of think of it like a marriage. A marriage is something that we can't necessarily pinpoint and say, there it is, because a marriage is a concept, it's an idea, but we symbolize it with rings. And so the ring is an outward sign of something that's happening within us. And in the same way, baptism and communion do the same thing. So with baptism, it's water. With communion, it's bread and juice or wine, depending on your tradition. But it symbolizes something that God is doing within us. So when we look at the subject of what is baptism, it seems like that would be an easy thing to answer. And yet, baptism symbolizes so many things. You know, it symbolizes forgiveness of sins. It symbolizes that that we belong to God. It symbolizes an initiation into the church. We join the church, we become members. It symbolizes God's ongoing work in our lives. It symbolizes, uh, you know, so many different things. I mean, that's just an earful right there. And when we look at the history of baptism, we see that there is no one definition or one meaning of baptism. I always find it interesting then when you have certain people who will say that there is only one biblical uh, meaning for what baptism is and all other baptisms are unbiblical. Well, that's really interesting because actually it may appear that there's only one kind of baptism in the Bible, but uh, 
actually we see many different meanings for baptism, not only within the Bible, but throughout church history and even before then. So, for instance, in the Old Testament, we don't necessarily see a practice that's called baptism, but nonetheless, we see that from the very beginning, water symbolized cleansing. Not necessarily cleansing from dirt or germs, because, of course, at that time they had no concept of germs, but water symbolized a cleansing of, of impurities. Now, now that could refer to dirt, but oftentimes in a religious context, it referred to spiritual impurities. And so, you know, you, we think of the laws of cleanliness and uncleanliness in the Old Testament. So many people would take ritual baths that would cleanse them from these religious impurities. So, so baptism represented a cleansing, oftentimes a cleansing of sin, a cleansing of spiritual impurities. Baptism was also a practice in the Jewish faith, uh, particularly for people who were not Jewish who wanted to become Jewish. It's, it has similar meaning to circumcision, which was a, a sign that somebody belonged to the Jewish faith, particularly males, of course. But for Gentiles or non-Jews who wanted to convert to the faith, it was not uncommon that they would be baptized, which was a rite of initiation into the faith. Well, then when we get to the New Testament, we see baptism practiced, but it has different meanings depending on who's doing it and when it is. So, for instance, we have John the Baptist. So he's a baptizer. And what did baptism mean for John? Well, for John, it was a preparation to get people ready for the Messiah. So baptism represented repenting of sins or turning away from our sins and getting ready for the Messiah. Now, of course, Jesus came to be baptized by John. And for Jesus, baptism obviously didn't represent repentance of sin. It obviously didn't represent being, you know, dead with Christ and rising with Christ. No, for Jesus, baptism almost represented this milestone in his life in which he was ready to begin his ministry. Then it's when we get into the New Testament letters in the book of Acts, the first century of church history that we see baptism taking on a new meaning, which has to do with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So people would be immersed or fully underwater, and that symbolized the death of Jesus. And then when you came out of the water, it symbolizes resurrection, a very powerful imagery and very powerful meaning for baptism, but hardly the only one. So some people will say that there's only one biblical meaning for baptism, and that is that one. You know, it symbolizes dying with Christ, rising with Christ. It symbolizes an adult who understands the faith, making a decision to follow Jesus. That comes from a very individualistic understanding of baptism, which makes total sense. I mean, we live in a very individualistic culture, so we assume that it has to do with an individual decision. And sometimes it does. But we have to remember that the people of the Bible lived in a very collective culture. And so, you know, we see actually in the Bible, in Acts chapter 16, verse 15, and Acts chapter 16, verse 33, some of these scriptures are chosen because they show instances in which when one person was baptized, their whole family was baptized. Sometimes people will say, well, that means everyone in their, in their family made the same decision. Could be, 
Unlikely. Chances are that when one person was baptized, the whole family was baptized because they live in a, in a communal society, and so they all identified with the new faith. And so from the very beginning, we see that it's very possible that there could have been infants that were baptized. And then after the time of the New Testament, when you have the second, third centuries of people, or I should say second and third generations of people in the faith, people started practicing infant baptism right away because they wanted some way to symbolize that this child was God's, that it belonged to God, and was initiated into the church. So baptism has meant many different things throughout history. Baptism also means different things depending on your faith tradition. So a common question that people will ask is, do you have to be baptized in order to have salvation, in order to be saved from your sins? And the answer depends on what church you belong to. So, you know, there are some churches that believe that, yes, you must be baptized to be saved. And, and so the Roman Catholic Church in particular will have baptism for the dead, right, so that they can be saved. In the United Methodist Church, we do not believe you have to be baptized to be saved from your sins. It is simply an outward sign symbolizing something God is already doing in your life. Nonetheless, baptism is a normative practice. It's something that Jesus has commanded us to do, and so it is very important for us to do as a sign, as an initiating sign. So in the Methodist Church, we believe that baptism can be done for any age. It doesn't matter what your age is. Uh, we, we, do, we do accept baptism from other churches. So if you've been baptized in another faith tradition, we, we don't have to rebaptize you. We acknowledge your baptism. Really, when it comes to United Methodists, we're pretty flexible when it comes to baptism. You know, if you've been baptized by another church, you're good. It doesn't matter how much water is used in your baptism. If you want to be immersed, we'll immerse you. If you uh, want to be sprinkled, we'll sprinkle you. It, it really doesn't matter because when, when we think that the amount of water is what matters, we're missing the point of what baptism represents. Because baptism in the United Methodist Church, doesn't focus on the person's decision, what they are doing, as much as it focuses on God's action in that person's life. And so when an adult is being baptized, obviously it takes on a different meaning than when an infant is being baptized. So when an adult is baptized, yes, it represents, in a way, a decision that they are making to follow Jesus. But it still focuses on God's grace, God's justifying grace in their life to forgive them of their sin. And it also symbolizes God's sanctifying grace that God is going to continue to work in them as they grow in their faith as a part of a particular community of faith. For an infant that's being baptized, however, it's a little different. That child is not old enough to answer for themselves, and so you have their parents and sometimes godparents up there with them, making that profession for them. And it's not saying that that child won't make the decision for themselves later, but that the parents, the godparents, they are covenanting together. They are promising together with the congregation that they, they are all going to do whatever they can to raise this child in the faith, to train them in the faith so that when they get older, they are ready to profess the faith for themselves. And that's why baptism is usually done in a church service. Every now and then I'll have someone who will ask if we'll baptize them in their home or privately. 
And I almost always say no to that. And that's because properly done in the United Methodist Church, baptism is a communal event. It is an event that should take place in the worship service in a community of faith. And that's because we are all making a promise. The parents are making a promise. The godparents are making a promise. But the congregation is also making a promise that we're all going to work together to raise this child in the faith. So it's, it's, it's the parents' responsibility, yes. It's also the church's responsibility. We all have a part to play different gears in the system, so to speak, to raise this child in the faith. And so it's very important that baptism is something that that should not be taken lightly. It should not be a decision that's just taken lightly. It needs to be entered into with discernment. I think this is true no matter what age you're baptized. Even if you're an adult, you're still covenanting together with the congregation that you're going to grow in your faith, and the congregation is covenanting with you that we are going to help you as you grow in your faith. And so it is a decision that should not be made lightly. And so, you know, that's why it's really important that uh, we, we do so as a group whenever possible. Sometimes there are occasions when a person has to be baptized privately, but 99.9% of the time it can be done in a church context, and it's important that it be so. So baptism represents a lot of things, like I said. So a question that we can ask is, first of all, some of the questions we've answered, does it save us from our sins? Is it necessary for salvation? No, but it is important. Should it be done in church or can it be done privately? It should be done in church. Uh, Does it matter the age of the person? No, it doesn't. Because no matter what the age of the person, it symbolizes God's grace at work in their life. And that's why we generally don't rebaptize in the church, in the United Methodist Church. We don't do rebaptisms. Because we believe that if you've been baptized and it symbolizes God's grace at work in your life, then why should it have to be redone as though God's grace somehow didn't work? Now, we will do a, a ritual that we call remembering your baptism, which is really similar. We use water in different ways, but we don't rebaptize because we believe that God's grace is at work, and so your baptism is valid. So it doesn't matter when you've been baptized. If you were, you know, depending on who you are, you might have been baptized before you can remember. It doesn't make your baptism less important. It's just as valid and just as important and just as meaningful. If you remember when you were baptized, it was certainly meaningful. But if you haven't been baptized yet, don't feel ashamed. You know, every year, almost every year when I confirm students, there's at least one or two who haven't been baptized. It's not a big deal. We baptize them the same day that we confirm them. But don't be ashamed if you haven't been baptized. It's not too late. It's still important, and it's not too late. And if you would like to be baptized, if you belong to our church, you can get a hold of me, and uh, you know I'd be happy to baptize you. If you have, if you belong to another church, you can contact your pastor. I'm sure they'd be happy to talk with you about baptism. But baptism is important because it symbolizes that we belong to God, right? In baptism in the United Methodist Church, you join the church as well. It's an initiating rite in which we join the community of faith. So we're claiming that we belong to God and that we belong to a community that is going to help us as we grow in our faith. Baptism means a lot of things, and it is really special. 
And so I would encourage you, if you've been baptized, to know that you belong to God. And even if you haven't been baptized yet, you belong to God, but that might be something that you might consider as something that we do as Christians. But either way, know that we belong to God, and that's what baptism means. Amen. God bless and have a great week.